there's a midrash which because perhaps saying Pirakshira has become more common so more people have seen this midrash but it's still a very difficult midrash to understand let's learn the midrash together and I'm sure we'll all find the same points of difficulty the same questions when we examine the Midrash. And the Midrash says the following. Farakshira talks about the various songs that different parts of the Bria, different animals, or different plants, sing to Hashem. And it brings the song of the dog. It says, Klavim Oimrim, what the dogs say is, Bayo Nishtacha Venichra'a Nevracha Lifnei Hashem Lekeinu. Let us bow and prostrate ourselves, prostrate ourselves and to give praise to Hashem. That's the praise of the dog. And the Midrash says the following. Rabbi Yeshaya Talmidash Rav Hanina ben Daisa. Rabbi Yeshaya was a student of Rav Hanina ben Daisa. His ano chomesh ushmanim tanios. He fasted 85 fasts about this. And he said, Klavim shekosuv bohem. Dogs, about whom it says that the dogs are as a nefesh, they're brazen, they're never satisfied. Those dogs should be able to sing to Hashem. And after fasting about this for 85 fasts, a malach answers him, How long are you going to fast about this? It's a, a, it's a promise that from the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed the secret to his Navi, Chavakuk, he hasn't revealed it to anybody else. Because you're the student of a great man, his teachers are Hanina ben Daisa, they sent me from from Shemaim to answer you. And what's the answer? About the dogs, it says in the sixth parasha, at the time of Yisrael Mitzrayim, that no dog barked on the night of Yisrael Mitzrayim towards the Jewish people. And not only that, and the Shazachu Abid Oiris Mitzrayim. They use the Torah of dogs in order to tan the hinds which makes parchment on which they can write the free Torah. So you wanted to know why dogs can sing Shira? The Marach tells Rabbi Shai there are two reasons. The first one is because the Nati Tzis Mitzrayim the dogs didn't bark. And secondly, the Torah of the dogs is used as a way to tan leather, to prepare parchment. And that which she asked, go back. Don't do this anymore. Like it says that a person who guards his mouth, guards himself from sorrows, guards himself from difficulties. That's the Midrash. And there are a number of basic questions which come to mind 
just in understanding the Medrash. Firstly, what was the secret that was revealed to Chabakka Kanavi that Hashem hasn't revealed to anybody else? The fact that dogs didn't bark on the net is Mitzrayim was the Pasuk in the Torah. Also, what's it unique about Chabakka Kanavi that he was the one worthy to receive the secret? Secondly, why was Rabbi Shaya, the Talmud we're speaking about in this Midrash, worthy because he was a student of an Adam Gadol. He was a student of Rabbi ben Daisa. Thirdly, how the Midrash finishes. What that what you asked, go back and don't ask anymore, don't continue with us, because it says, Shemim Mitzaris Nafshay. Personal protecting himself from Taurus. It was, seems to indicate he was doing something wrong that he had to stop doing. What was he doing wrong? And the last question, which maybe isn't a question, it's just my personal feeling. And that is, does it make such a difference? Was it so important to whether dogs do or don't sing Shira that it's something which was worth fasting 85 fasts about? One wants to understand, understand the dog sing Shira. What was the the major significance, so to speak, that Rabbi Shai the Talmud was willing to fast 85 times in order to understand it? Those are the questions. I'd like to suggest an answer based first on understanding the Torah's way of looking at dogs. What does the Torah consider the nature of the dog? So let's start with the Gemara in Yavamis, in Nadarim. The Gemara in Nadarim, and the Gemara there is talking about a person who makes a nether that he is going to give something to someone else. And what's the case? The case is somebody who has always been a recipient of Chesed, he's always been on the taking end, and now he wants to make sure he's going to be able to give back also. He wants to in some way reciprocate. And he makes a narrative that he wants to reciprocate. And the notion of the Gemara is, he would make such a nether. He says, because, love kalbo'ana, the shakil novelayahivna. I'm not a dog, because a dog takes and doesn't give. So the first thing we see is what the description of the dog in the Gemara is something who takes but he doesn't just give back. And therefore if a person is in a position where he's only taking and always taking and never reciprocating, never giving back anything in return, he's a dog. And if a person doesn't want to feel like that, like the Gemara says, love Kalbana. Love Kalbana. The does also explain, the Rishonim explain when the Gemara says in Kiddushin about if a person eats in the street, it's not just a lack of etiquette, a lack of derech eretz, or by eating in public. All animals will do that. But rather, uh, the way Rabbi Natam explains it there, is a person goes around the shuk from stall to stall trying to ask for free food. Looking for samples, so everything to taste. And that means he's not willing to pay, he's just asking for basically free 
amounts of each each merchant's wares to try. Says Domila Kelef. He's like a dog because that's what the dog does too. Shakil Navalaya Hivna. Takes and doesn't give back. That's the first aspect of what Khazal tells us about the dog. The second fact we know about the dog is the Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara says that even though in Shabbos one's not normally allowed to give food to an animal that doesn't belong to him, but the exception is a dog. Why? Because dogs are always hungry, the Gemara says, and therefore a person's allowed to give food to a dog. And that's the two points we have so far. A dog is always hungry, and a dog is always looking to take food. What's, how does a dog get food? A dog isn't strong like a predator. He's not a lion who's going to attack and kill in order to feed itself. The way the dog goes to get food is he goes to beg for feed from people. And he's persistent. He doesn't give up. He comes again and again and again because he's hungry. And therefore, the nature of the dog, if you put these two things together, on the one hand, somebody who's is willing, is needs, is always asking for something without offering something in return, but is also persistent about it. Because, like the dog, they're hungry, so then they're not going to take no for an answer. And they're going to come back again and again and again to keep they're asking for the same thing. And that was the Pasuk which Rabbi Shai himself brought. The Pasuk in, in the Navi Yeshaya. The, the dogs are called Azim. They're called brazen, bold, because they never are satisfied. And the Gemara expands this. The Gemara in Beitz on that of Kimon Beitz, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shem Ba Yechai said there are three, three things are called Azim. Yisrael Shabu Umois, Chai Yisrael, of the nations are considered the most Az, the most bold. Kelev of the animals. Out of the animals, the dog is the most bold. The last one was the chicken of the birds, so we're not talking about right now. What's the boldness of a chicken? But let's talk about the boldness of a dog. What makes a dog bold? When the Mephoshim asks, we know the mission says in Pirkei have Kaname, that the leopard is considered bold. So why isn't that brought here in the Mishnah? And the answer is a different type of boldness. The leopard is bold in that it's aggressive, it's fearless, and it's going to take on a prey much bigger than it and try and kill it. That's not the way in which dogs are bold. Like we said, there aren't predators in the same way. But a dog is as a nefesh le'yadusava because it's going to keep coming back to ask what it wants. It's going to keep begging for food. And it doesn't just take one rejection and leave. It's persistent. It's insistent. It makes it as. These are the klavim as a nefesh. Rashi says on the Gemara in Beitzah, it's hard to overcome them, it's hard to get rid of them. And therefore, 
the dog is a persistent beggar. That's how he tries to fill himself. That's right. That's how he tries to find food. Okay, so now that we've understood the nature of the dog, so now let's go back to the Midrash. The Midrash says that Rabbi Shai, the Talmud of Rechonina ben Daisa, fasted 85 times because he was wondering how could it be that a dog would sing Shira. Tovim which are Azei Nefesh, how would they be singing Shira? In other words, to sing Shira is a schus. It's that a, the share of the Bria, the share of the creation, is that everything plays a part in the Vedasasha. Everything is playing a part in doing what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. And if that's the case, the dog, who's really always looking to take for itself, and that's what its, its primary uh, purpose and what it tries to, to achieve, tries to gain, does. So in what ways does a dog, the dog who's an Az Nefesh, deserve to sing Shira? In what way does the dog contribute, so to speak, to the the covet of Hashem? And the Malach answers two things. The first one was the Pasuk in this expression. To all the Jewish people, the dog won't bark. Well, why would the dog bark? And we told the Chiddush that here in the little Pesach, the dogs won't bark. So I know there are a number of different explanations given in the Mephoshim, but I'd like to suggest my own idea. There's a Gemara in Brachos and Dovkimot. And the Gemara says that there are three periods of the night. The beginning of the night, the middle of the night, and the end of the night. Three watches, if one wants. Val Mishmar or Mishmar. Every Mishmar is its effect in Shemaim. And every Mishmar has its, so to speak, its symbol, symbol here in this world of how we can see which Mishmar it is. And the Gemara says, in Brachsand of Kimmel, that in the first Mishmar, a Chamar Nair. In the first Mishmar, the donkey neighs. In the second Mishmar, Klavim Tzayakim. In the second Mishmar, the dogs bark. And in the last Mishmar, just before the morning, Isham is a person by it, and then he speaks to her husband. Without explaining the whole Gemara now, let's just focus on the middle Mishmar. The middle Mishmar when the dogs are barking. What's the significance of that? Why would dogs bark in the middle of the night? So to explain that, we need to understand what's happening in Shemayim. These three Mishmaras of the night means that there's a change in what's happening in Shemaim. And we know, the Zara tells us in many, many places, that in the middle of the night, at Chatzai Salayla, there's a certain flow of Rachamim which comes down to the world. Now, as we know from other Gemaras, sometimes animals are aware of a spiritual change, which even if people aren't. For example, the Gemaras in Mavakamad of Samach, the dogs can sense when the Malach is in town. So same, similarly, the dog would be able to feel at, in the middle of the night that there's a, there's a change in Anhaga, there's a flow of Rachman coming down to this world. And the dog is the beggar. 
If there's something that is coming down, he wants to get it. So he's going to come to beg. And that's why Klavim Tzarkim, in the middle of the night, the dogs bark, because they, now they feel that there's some increased chef in this world, so they want to get it as well. They're hungry. And if that's the case, when did the Tzis Mitzrayim happen? When was Makas Bukhairis? We know. It was in the middle of the night. And the night of Pesach, so it wasn't the regular Shefa which comes down to the world on every night. There was an increased Gilead There was an increased flow which came down to the world, as we know. So if that's the case, what we would have expected is the dogs would bark. If they can sense somehow that there's an increased flow down to this world. And the dog, being the as nefesh, is always there to ask. He's always there to beg. He's always looking to take for themselves. So then why in Pesach weren't the dogs barking? They should have barked more than normal. And that's the Chiddush Moshe saying. The Chiddush Moshe saying is that For Klai Yisrael, no dog will bark. Why? To show Hashem. Ben Mitzrayim or Ben Yisrael. To show what's unique that Hashem is doing for Klai Yisrael. In other words, with the Shefa of Ruknes which came down in El Pesach, even the dogs understood they had no part in it. Even the dog understood this is for Klai Yisrael, not for us. And therefore there was no reason for them to bark. They weren't going to gain anything by begging for it. They understood it wasn't for them. And that was a lesson to Mitzrayim. At Mitzrayim, you want to see that what Hashem is doing is for Klai Yisrael, you'll see that even the dogs can see that. They're not, they're not, as if normally dogs bark, here the dogs are going to keep quiet. That's the first point. And therefore, the nature of the dog, that it normally begs for everything. And the, and the nature of the dog, that's always interested in itself, and what it can take for itself, the first point the Malach tells Rabbi Shaya, it can be used for Kvot Shemaim too. Because it could be that very nature can be used to show Kiddush Hashem by Yisrael Mitzrayim. Evidenced by the fact that dogs did not bark. What's the second point? That they can use the tzaya of the dogs as something to prepare the hinds for parchment. What the Malach is saying is that the dog has a contribution to make as well. It's an absolutely minimal contribution. And it's something that the dog doesn't lose anything from. There's no sacrifice at all at all the dog's part. But Lemay said the dog is giving something back. Something useful comes from the dog. It's it's uh, saya can be used to prepare parchment. So it's, even though the dog doesn't give anything voluntarily, it's shakil nuvraya hivna. But Lemay said something of it can be used too, and therefore there is some benefit that the dog is contributing, so to speak, in the world. It's used to prepare Sifritar. Even in such a roundabout way. And therefore the dog deserves to sing Shira. In other words, it can also praise Hashem. Now, 
Let's look back to the first part of this very deep midrash. What was the Talmud fasting about so many times? What was so important about the dog singing Shira, not singing Shira, that he fasted 85 times for that? And the answer was, Rabbi Shaya the Talmud wasn't as interested in the Shira of the dog as, is there something we can learn from the Shira of the dog? In other words, is, is the fact that the dog sings Shira a justification of the way that the dog asks, the as, the, the as of the dog, that it's persistent and it begs again and again because it's hungry. Is that the right way to daven? We should also be insistent on that in davening. Is that something which is, a, is an admirable trait? That we should daven persistently. We should demand an answer. Or is that the wrong thing to do? And that's what he was wondering. The Klavim as a nefesh la On the one hand, the dog is put in a negative context. That their insistence and in, 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 in persistence in what they want and not giving up and trying again and again to demand is looked at as being negative. On the other hand, they sing Shira. Is it good or is it bad? And it's interesting, 85 in Hebrew is the gematria of the word peh, which means the mouth. What Rabbi Shai wants to know is, is that the way we should daven too? We should demand Hashem responds to us and not give up and keep davening again and again. Hashem, we're hungry also. We need this. We need it and we have to give it to us. Is that the right way to daven? And the Malach told him that from the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed this to Chavakul Kanovi, he hasn't told anyone else. What was the story of Chavakul Kanovi? The story, if you look in the, in the Strayosar, in the Sefer, inside the story of Chavakul Kanovi, Chavakul Kanovi comes with a complaint to Hashem. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't see the fairness in how you're running the world. The Rishayim is successful, the Tzaddikim is suffering. And how can it be? And the Gemara in Tainus tells us this wasn't a once-off request that Chavakuk Kanavi had. The Gemara in Tainus tells us that Chavakuk was the first person that he made a circle on the ground. And he said, I'm not moving out of the circle, Hashem, until you give me an answer. And the Pasuk, I'm going to remain standing in my place. I'm going to demand an answer. That was the nature of Chavakuk, because that's what he did. When the Gemara in Tainus tells the story of Chani Amagel, who did something similar, when he wanted to terrain, and he followed in Chavakuk and Novi's footsteps, and he made a circle on the ground, he said, I'm not moving out of the circle until it rains. So Hashem answered Chavakuk Kanavi. He gave him a response. And afterwards, in the third chapter of Chavakuk, we have Tefillah Chavakuk Kanavi. The song that Chavakuk Kanavi sang, his shira, after being answered by Hashem. Was what Chavakuk did right or wrong? Is that the way to daven? 
that we should demand, we should say, Hashem, we're not moving until you respond to us. That's the way of the dog. But is it right or is it wrong? That was the secret that, I sh- that was given to Chavaku Kanavi. Let's look at the example of Chani Amaga. The Gemara tells in Tainus, he followed in the footsteps of Chavakuk, and he also made the circle, he said, I'm not, sure, I'm not moving out of the circle until you respond to me. And Hashem did respond to him, and it rained. But the Mishnah continues, that the Nasliyat the Shimon ben Shetach sent a message to him, and he said, If it wasn't for the fact that you were Choyni, I would put you in Idli. That's not the way we daven. So I have a question for you. So the, the Nasi is scared. He's showing favoritism. If it's the wrong way to daven, then put him in Idli. And if it's not the wrong way to daven, so what are you saying? Why was the fact that he's Choyni Amagel going to change anything? And the answer is, and this is the secret. And that is, there, it, there is a, an option. There is an option to dive in like that. To demand an answer. But, for that a person has to be like Kavaku Kanavi. Or a person has to be like Fadi Amaga. What does the person have to do in order to be able to demand that Shem answers him? One of two things. Either the request has to be 100% L'Shem Shemai. And if that's the case, I'm not asking for myself. If I wanted something for myself, then to demand that Shem gives it to me is as punim, it's a chutzpah. How can you demand things from Hashem? But if it's L'Shem Shemai, it's not for me. Then, such a tefillah could work, could be accepted. The other option is what the, what the Mishnah says, the Shem ben Shadach said to Chani Amaga, that you are ben ha-mishchat ha-lifna-ave A person comes from a point of absolute bitachon. A person comes from a point of absolute bitachon. And that is, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is no other option. I won't survive without you helping me. And if a tefillah is based on such a rock solid bitachan, then it can also get answered. But only in those circumstances. If not like that, then that's not the way to die. Now let's go back to the dog. What is the share of the dog? It's true the dog is box, and that itself is a demand. I need, I need, I need. Like Zayar says that when people are in Rosh Hashanah daven to Hashem with a list of Hashem I need this, Hashem I need this, Hashem I need this Lashon of the Zayar is Dalmin, the Dalmin Kakalbin They sound like dogs, the Amin have, have You hear the bark, have, have A dog would sound which is saying give, give A person who makes a list of demands to Hashem he sounds like the dog, he's demanding I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that is it right? Is it wrong? It depends why a person is asking. To daven, that's not the right way to daven. But if it's coming from a place of, I'm asking, this is completely the Shem Shemayim. 
Oh, it's coming from a place of absolute pitachon, but I can't survive without it. Then there's such a place. That's the share of the dog. The dog's request might be a bark, an insistent bark. But his twill is, Let us bend and humble ourselves. It's coming from a place of the complete sense I have nothing without it. I'll be hungry without this. Then a twill like that can work. That's the first point. And the second point, if it's going to be used for Kvot Shemayim. And by Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu used, paradoxically, the fact that the dogs didn't bark as a sermon that this was something only for Klai Yisrael. It was used for Kvot Shemayim. We have one more point to explain. And therefore, Choyni Yamagil, who was Mishatak Ben Nitleaviv, he was answered. It came from a place of complete pitachon. Chavakul Kanovi. His Twitter was completely for Kvot Shemayim. How can it be that Hashem's name is can be glorified in a world where Rishon was successful? He was answered. But only in those circumstances. And now we get to the last point. You were a Talmud of Nodam Gadol, Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa. Because we know, Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa was the Amud Atfila of Kla Yisra. The Gemara says that when the son of Rabbi Yechem ben Zakei became sick, he asked Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa to die for him. And his wife said to him, Rabbi Rabbi Yechanan, you the Gadol Ador, why are you asking him to die? And Rabbi Yechanan's answer was, I'm like the Sar. I might be like the minister. But he's the average who can go in and ask. Rabbi Hanina bin Dosi used to daven for people. And how did he daven? A request or a demand? An insistence? We know because Rabbi Hanina bin Dosi himself tells us. It says in the Mishnah in Brachos, in the fifth parak. It says, Amr Rabbi Rabbi Hanina bin Dosi, Shayim Ispanan ala khaylim. And he said, This one's going to live, this one's going to die. And they asked him, How do you know you're not a prophet? So he says, I can tell them If my tefillah is smooth in my mouth, then I know it's been accepted. And if not, I know it's been rejected. And we don't find, therefore, he didn't give up and he stood in his place and he refused to budge until his tefillah was answered. That's what his Talmud was wondering. Was this a Mahalachin Tefillah or wasn't it? Are the dogs praised for being insistent or not? And that's what the Mahalach came to teach him. It's only in these circumstances where such a Tefillah is a desired Tefillah. And therefore he finishes. If a person isn't sure that their Tefillah is on such a level, you're saving yourself from tsar, from being punished by not davening, by demanding, by not davening, by insisting that Hashem give you what you want. There is a possibility for such a tefillah. The tefillah of Chavach Kanavi, the tefillah of Chani Amaga, and to some extent the tefillah of the dog.
but it's not always such a tefillah works. And therefore, in other cases, shaming mitzvahs nafshe. A person is better to set to keep to set to so to speak, distance themselves, protect themselves from doing things which might be looked at as a chutzpah klapi shemayim, as being as being too bold in what they ask for. I think that's an explanation of the Midrash. But it brings us also to an understanding of the tafkir of the dog. That even something which its nature is just to beg to take. But it's coming from a place of because he's hungry. Because he has nothing else. And therefore in some way its insistent bark and uh, constant begging is coming from that feeling of absolute reliance. I have nothing else to rely on. And the second point even the dog who offers nothing of his own, the Midrash tells us how he's going to be used in some way in contributing to Kuwait Shemaim. He's going to be used in some way in doing Rasan Hashem. And therefore the dogs can also sing Shira. They can say, let us prostrate ourselves and bow. Let us prostrate ourselves and bow.